All right. Um, thanks for listening. Uh, this is Alex. I'm Chris. And uh, we're starting a music podcast because we've been talking about starting a podcast for a while. Um, something our friends are getting into. And uh, we really like music. It's probably like my favorite thing. I'm yeah, I'd, I'd say it's my favorite thing. I like I, I did that douchey thing where you put it on your skin and like show it off to everyone because you're just so fucking cool <laughs> that you had to get a tattoo. Yeah, I have um, uh, I have one of my tattoos is music related also. So. Yeah, exactly. So, um, but we're just we're just generally really big music buffs uh, in our respective backgrounds and expertises in music. Like w- we've really dug deep, and I feel like it's just our thing, our, our thing that we do. So, uh, you know, maybe not like the greatest of musicians of all time, but yeah, I was gonna say you you, you said the word expertise, which might be a strong word. Yeah, uh, I'm, you're right. I'm you're by right. no means a professional. I'm a hobbyist. Um, I, I consider myself a hobbyist too, but like a professional hobbyist <laughs> in the sense that, like, I care a lot about this. You know? No, yeah, I understand that. Um, so one of the reasons that we thought this would be a cool thing to do is because you know we have a lot of tastes in common. Um, one of my favorite bands of all time, The Tattoo aforementioned um is rush and chris and i have seen rush together we're both really into them but um we have a lot of varying tastes too like chris is really into like the metal i'll let you talk about that yeah yeah sure so um really my whole life like ever since i heard master of puppets by metallica it it just fucking like took hold of me and decided hey man you're doing this like you're gonna grow up to worship satan and (laughs) wear black all the time uh, You're giving a really good impression at the beginning of this podcast, right? <laughs> he doesn't actually worship Satan. That's I don't like in the hyperbolic Satan. sense, but like you in know, the, in the metal sense, yeah. you know. But like, I'm sitting here wearing a shirt that says Bong Ripper, and it has this like demon on it. So I, I was the you know the kid that your parents warned you about a little <coughs> bit, and uh, now these days I'm the kid that like the YouTube comments worry or warn you about the <laughs> douchey metal elitist who will argue with you about genres on the internet. Oh man, I can't, we we're going to do an episode on genres. I think that was Absolutely. one of my, like, just what does it mean to have a genre? That, that's kind of what we want to talk about. But, um, in general on this show, it's just anything that's related to music, but yeah, absolutely. Well, like one of our bridges as, uh, as musicians, one of the things that did bring us together, as Alex mentioned earlier, was Rush. Mm-hmm. Hence the name that we were going with, Invisible Airwaves. Okay, uh, Invisible Airwaves it is. I didn't yeah, know if I'm that was set in stone. We hadn't we hadn't talked about it, but okay. I'm happy with it. And okay. I wanted to tell you this way. <laughs> it, it was a little surprise that I saved okay. for the cast. That's amazing. So welcome to the <laughs> inaugural episode of uh, Invisible Airwaves, which... If you don't understand that reference, you should check out The Spirit of Radio by Rush. We're um, absolutely not going to sing it because, <laughs> Jesus, that would sound horrible. Can't do Getty Lee. Um, but, yeah, to give you a little bit of my background, like I said, Rush is one of my all-time favorites. Um, I grew up on classic rock, you know, listening to uh, that stuff with my dad. So, you know, The Beatles, uh, Tom Petty, The Doors, all those things. I mean, I've got a Doors poster right over there in the room that we're doing this uh, Hell yes. this podcast from. Um but then, you know, as I got older, I started branching out, and I really, I can honestly say that I have stuff that I love from, like, you know, rock, country, rap, uh, so many, you know, anything. Right. I, I don't really discriminate when it comes to genre. Not to say that you discriminate, you know oh, what no. I mean? But, like, you have a kind of a more honed in, uh, I mean, I'd lo- you go ahead and defend that. I'm <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, no, what I was going to say is, like, we come from music in two very different places, which is where I think that this will actually be kind of an interesting discussion that we'll be having about general music shit because Alex in general, correct me if I'm wrong, but you tend to dig wide rather than digging deep in the sense that like you want a taste of everything that there is. And not to say that like you only have surface level taste because (laughs) that's definitely not the case, Mm -hmm. but you're much more interested in finding out like everything that music has to offer as a whole. Yeah. Um, I definitely, I agree with the wide aspect. Um, and I go deep on, you know, certain things like I, like I said, I grew up on the classic rock stuff. That's my like main stay is like yeah. rock or classic rock. Um, but yes, I definitely, I, I like to, to sample from everything. I, I have favorites from all over the place. Exactly. Like you could name a favorite rap artist or country artist really pretty easily, I'd say, or at least you'd have some debate with yourself over it. Oh yeah. Um, my top name in country right now is probably Sturgill Simpson. We've talked about that. We have. Yeah. Um, Whereas for me, like, I, I'm very much devoted to the one singular f- kind of form of music. Not to say that I don't like other forms of music, because I certainly do. 
Um, and Alex sends me stuff all the time that I find interesting. But anytime that I'm sitting in the car on my way to work or just listening to music in general, it's going to be something heavy. Uh, there, there's just something about the sound of like an, an overdriven push to the fucking edge tube amp that just really holds me. And that's like, that's my shit. So I, I've dug as deep as I can into there to like just find all sorts of shit. And um, so that that's where I think we have some interesting um, different perspectives on things because mm-hmm. I'm more mm-hmm. having the knowledge of like one genre really strongly, whereas you're having like just a lot of general knowledge from all over the place. Yeah. Um, I wanted to touch on something you said when, when like that heavy, that heavy shit hits you. Like I, uh, I definitely enjoy that too, but I would want to say like the immediate thing that came to my mind that I get a feeling into that is like a really good like horn section. Um, I really oh, love yeah, okay. Steely Dan. So like when they just like have some really great like uh, brass and um, that's like, you know, that, that sweet or vocal harmonies. I mean, we've talked about that with our friend Jimmy, like yeah, the Beach yeah. Boys, the, the Beatles, Beach Boys. Uh, the Grateful Dead. Well, when you showed me the video of like the Beach Boys without the uh, instruments, just yes. acapella. That Amazing. was fucking incredible. YouTube, uh, Beach Boys, uh, vocals only. Any, a lot of, a lot of bands, but specifically yeah, the Beach cool Boys or the Queen that. or the Beatles. Anybody with like crazy vocal harmonies um, without the instruments, um, you can really hear a lot of the different layers that uh, you know get buried in the, in the production. Well, and honestly, for that in particular, I much preferred the acapella version to the studio version. Yeah, because it just like it was just this crazy display. Um, it, I don't know. It, it was a cool way to spend uh, a night intoxicated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so yeah, we have a lot in common, um, but we also have pretty varying tastes. One of the things we want to kind of make a regular feature of this uh, for the second half of our, p- our show is going to be to uh, take turns, you know, kind of exposing each other to an album that they might not be really familiar with. And we said, you know, if you've heard a single or something, or if you, you know, you, you're familiar vaguely, that's cool. But if you've never sat down and listened to this, you know, to check it out so we're gonna hit on that later in this one he uh requested an album for me and I'm, I'm still trying to think of what i'm gonna send to you uh, all right cool cool yeah i might have to ask you you know have you heard this or that and, and hone in on that but yeah sure and well the the thought behind that is we're always sending each other shit all the time anyway. yeah that's kind of how i got the idea exactly uh, we, we did that normally and i'm like what if we just like talked about it yeah and, you know other interesting musical stuff yeah, because uh, music's just fucking interesting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you didn't pick up on it from the beginning, I mean, let's be real. I don't know how many people that don't know us already are going to be listening to this first episode. Well, that we, much is true. That yeah, but we both play true. the guitar. Um, I dabble in other things. I don't like to claim any instruments other than the guitar. Uh, I, I wouldn't either, honestly. Right. I play drums. I have a <coughs> drum kit. But I, I have I a drum kit is a good way to put it. I, yeah, exactly. I have a synth sitting over there. I don't. I'm not good at it. It's fun to, you know, fuck around I'm, with. I'm working on getting good at it. I'm, like, yeah. trying to not suck ass. But <laughs> It's too I, tempting to I just really pick up the guitar ass. because, you know, I, I'm right. I'm reasonably exactly. good at it, so I feel good when I play it as opposed to, like, trying to play the synth. And I'm just like, ah. Well, it's a totally different thing because mm-hmm. I can just pick up the guitar and play shit. I don't have right. to think, exactly. what am I going to play? I can just pull a what song out of, out of my pocket. Exactly. Like, or just play a riff and just go off. Oh, oh yeah, or just improv yeah, uh, yeah. in a key or something. I can't do that on drums. I tried to, <laughs> and that's that's not a beat. That's not a rhythm. You're just you're just hitting things, man. Yeah, I uh, can't say I have any experience on the drums either, but that would be useful. We're uh, it, it would be useful. Anybody out there plays the drums? We're always looking for drummers to jam with. That always seems to be the hardest, uh, you know, metal or otherwise. You in, know, in rock, every world, any, it's just impossible yeah. to find good drummers. Um. So. I don't know. Did we want to get into the album talk now, or how how long have we uh, even been doing this? This is we don't know what we're doing, guys. Just oh, we've heads been, up. We've been going ten minutes. Yeah, ten minutes. That's not the too. The beautiful thing is that we can just edit all this. We can out. edit anything we want. Um, but yeah, I don't know how boring we're being just talking about our generalness. Well, <clears> that's <throat> the thing, right? If we're being boring, it's cool because this is basically for us and a few people that pretty much have to listen to it because they're our friends. <laughs> <laughs> Are we just calling everybody out? Right I'm now. just saying, you're all our hostages at this moment. Mm. You have to sit here and listen to us talk about boring music so that you can like m- bring up this thing later and be like, oh yeah, I totally listened to it. Yeah, we're going to have <laughs> references at the end. So the, all the people that we sent this first one to. Yeah, we'll know. <laughs> we'll know. <laughs> no, we're just kidding. We're just kidding. Just fucking around. But um, So yeah, um, you mentioned your musical tattoo. 
uh, yeah. earlier also. I mean, that's a good segue into that. What's what's this tattoo you got on your arm here? Okay, so the tattoo is the album that we're going to be listening to today, Terminal Redux by Vector. Um, it came out in 2016 on Earache Records. Uh, technical thrash is like what I'd call it. Kind of progressive, but like here here's where like you play the genre game. Mm-hmm. I would call it technical thrash over progressive thrash. Okay, that's interesting. I w- I've not heard that specific. Uh, I'll get into that yeah. later. Okay. But um, basically, it, it's just this crazy space like opera about this guy who um, he he gets abandoned, isolated from uh, from his crew, the Cygnus Terminal. Uh, and he's basically floating through space, and uh, he knows that he's been abandoned and he's out there to die. But then, like, on the outer reaches of space, he finds immortality through this, I don't know, crazy fucking space thing. <laughs> okay, so, yeah, right off the bat, I appreciated. Um, I had, I think, heard snippets uh, from you before as right. you were telling me you were getting this tattoo. I mean, this is one of your favorite bands, so obviously you talked about them, but I'd never uh, listened all the way through until uh, actually this morning. Um, so... I, like I said, I was immediately uh, into the idea that it was a concept album, and I yeah. can just tell from, like, I got the track list pulled up in front of me here, and, I mean, if you read, like, you know, the first track is called Charging the Void, and then the uh, final track is Recharging the Void, <laughs> things right. like that. You can al- already tell, like, okay, this they're kind of going for a, a concept, yeah. a story here. So yeah. I, I immediately appreciate that um, as a you know fan of, like, progressive stuff, Rush, Pink Floyd. Like, if they're yeah, trying it, to tell totally a story, a Rush thing. Uh, King Crimson, yes. whatever, I'm, I'm into it. So, um Speaking of Rush, um, I'll get into, I wrote a couple things down, like my favorite tracks. One of them, um, the second one, Cygnus Terminal. Yeah. Um, oh, that's such a good which song. Which imme- immediately made me think of Rush because of Cygnus X1. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm sure that's the same reference. If if they're not referencing Rush, like they're referencing the same thing Rush referenced, like the that uh, galaxy or uh, constellation. Right. Uh, well, and I would not be surprised if it was homage in in some capacity. Yeah, like it might not be a direct reference, but they probably might they might have known what they were doing. Because they're they're huge fans of Voivod, which was kind of a thrash band that was around. Vector. Uh, I'm sorry. What were they called? Voivod. Voivod. Okay. I've told you to listen to that. Stay before. up on your mic a little bit. I sorry. Can, I don't know. You're good. Sometimes you just you pull back. Uh, I can hear you better, and just they, they will probably be able to hear you better if you just love up on that a little, little bit. Yeah. You, ever, you don't watch Joe Rogan Experience, do you? He's always telling know. people like, "Hey, get up on that mic a little bit," because his guests are always like, "They're they're back here." That makes sense. That makes sense. <laughs> but no, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Voivod. 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 Excuse me. Uh, they were they formed in like 1979-ish. Uh, they were part of that like early thrash scene, but they were from Quebec, so they also had this like weird proggy dint to them. And uh, they they were huge fans of King Crimson, Rush, Pink Floyd, that okay. kind of shit. Okay. While also getting into thrash. So they're like inspired. The v- they vector inspired that would vector. be inspired by bands that were inspired by Rush. Exactly. So they're like, okay. so there's a fair a little bit down the line. They they might be like they <laughs> might dig that kind of shit. So yeah, um, one of the reasons that I brought up that song in particular, uh, the Cygnus Terminal, um, that I wrote down, that I noticed they did this a lot on the rest of the album. That I was just, I thought it was cool. Uh, they have like a clean intro, yeah, um, that's like kind of slower tempo, and like that builds you up, and then they increase the tempo, and then they bring in like you know the rest of the instruments and the distortion and everything. Yeah, they're super intentional like that, mm-hmm. right? Like uh, one of my favorite songs on there is Collapse. And one of the things that, that's the uh, ninth song. Yep, I, I was just double checking. I have a right, note right. about that one, but go ahead. It's uh, it's so it's it's so good for like an intro to metal song. I would send that to someone who like doesn't understand metal or doesn't know what it's all about. Okay. Because it's almost like you're, you're putting the lobster in the water and you slowly heat it up <laughs> and slowly heat it up. It, it starts out with the clean guitars, the clean singing. Under the of time. Yeah, it did that on that one. Yeah, too. yeah. It, it goes into it very slowly and uh, very, like, in a mellow kind of way, right? Mm-hmm. And then it builds up. You get the distorted, or not even that. Uh, before the distorted guitars, you get a faster pace. They do that change in the middle where you get this sick, like, Blue Oyster Cult kind of solo. <laughs> Uh, 
<laughs> I fucking love yeah. that. And then you get like the distortion and more speed, and then finally like the harsh vocals come in mm-hmm. too. And eventually you just go, oh shit, I'm listening to a metal song. Yeah. I want to touch on the vocals. Um, yeah. Because vocals is always like a thing I feel like that comes up in our conversations uh, about because like, it's when like, you show me yeah. something really intense. Like sometimes the vocals aren't uh, my thing. And I will admit that when I put on the album, like the vocal, they didn't turn me off to where I was like, oh, I don't, I'm not going to like this album. It was just like, mm, you know, they weren't my favorite. But I wanted to say though, like as the album went on, like they kind of like, they grew on me a little yeah. bit. I s- would still say they're n- it's not my favorite style, and it's hard for me to pin down like what I do and don't like when I right. hear like you know what I mean. Like it's not that it was, because in- I like some harsher, s- more screaming style vocals. It's just like it's I'm very particular, and like I said, I don't I don't know how to describe it. But I think that's a hang up for a lot of people. It um, totally is. If and you're not if you can't get into like the vocal style, especially if it's something that's like non traditional singing like that. Yeah. Um you're not going to be able to groove with it. But like I said, as it went on, like I think it, it, it didn't, I didn't notice it as much. And so I wouldn't yeah. rate it as like a negative or a positive. It was just by the album and I was just kind of there, but specifically well, with the way the vocals work, like they, um, he's a very articulate screamer, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can tell what he's saying, Dave uh, <coughs> Stefano. So it, it's definitely much better for like someone who's not familiar with harsh vocals mm-hmm. because like one of the major complaints is, ah, you can't even tell what they're saying. <laughs> with this, it's like, I can tell the lyrics to Vector songs about as well as I can like a Metallica or Megadeth song, you know? Yeah. Um, but I was going to say about collapse and vocals specifically, yeah. I, I wrote down, um, there's one section. Um, and like I said, I only, I just listened to it this morning, so I'm not familiar with like all of it, but the, there's one section where they have like two vocal tracks going on at the same yeah, time. It's like a layer and, and there's like, the a, yeah. And I really appreciated like just the effect that that created um, there with yeah. the two vocal tracks um, at the same time. Was, it just was really cool. Yeah, that's something that a lot of bands uh, do if they have both clean and dirty, but a lot of bands are totally polarized, at least when you get to like something that you would call extreme metal. Mm-hmm. They're like the metal core kind of punkier bands that do that more frequently. But uh, like when the you switch back and forth or uh, switch back doing and forth at the same well, time. Well, think like, have you heard The Devil Wears Prada? Yeah, yeah. They're kind of like in that field where they have a clean singer and a dirty singer. Okay. Uh, whereas like when you trend more towards extreme metal versus that punkier kind of stuff. It's less of the clean. Yeah. It's yeah. just straight it's up. More We're just, just the extreme vocals. Hard. Okay. Well, and one of the cool things that Vector does with that too is the uh, the female vocalist that you hear twice in the album on uh, Charging the Void and then Recharging the Void. Appropriate. Right, exactly. <laughs> but I don't know if uh, you caught that. It just oh, kind of comes um, out of nowhere and hits you with this like yeah, thick atmosphere. I didn't write this down, but now that you say that, I'm remembering there was one point, and this might be what you're talking about. It almost sounded like there was like a chorus effect of just like a kind of, uh... <laughs> I yeah, don't know yeah, the yeah. melody line or anything, but it was like that. Like, is, then, is that what you're talking about? Yes, Okay, exactly. then, yeah, I, I, def- I definitely noticed that. And um, then in, like, the foreground of that, you have the guitars that are going full tremolo picking, like, uh-huh. cre- just yeah. straight up speed with the blast beats. And that's, like, they're a thrash band, but they're borrowing things from all these different genres. Because that's the kind of thing you get with uh, what you'd call atmospheric black metal, where, like, it has that incredible speed, but it doesn't have, like, a riff so to speak. Mm -hmm. It's just kind of creating an atmosphere with all of the noise and like the overabundance of things that are going on. Yeah. um, I I wrote down specifically just drums. Because like I know I just noticed the drums were like always crazy. Like, yeah. Again, how do you how do you find a person like that? (laughs) Like, I'm not convinced that they actually exist. I mean, yeah, I feel that way when I'm listening to a lot of bands that I like. I mean, even just listening to like something like the Beatles, I'm like, how the fuck did they write this when they were like 22? Yeah, you know what I mean. Like they were they were barely 30 when they broke up. You know what I mean. Right. Like, but yeah, like how did how is somebody that talented? Right. Right. Um, 
or those bands that start at like 16 or whatever. Mm-hmm. I just well, don't understand. Yeah, I mean, shit. back to rent because I'm going to just bring up the Beatles again since it's relevant. Like, George Harrison was probably only like 17 when he joined. He was a few years younger than the other guys. Do you remember the music you were making at 17? Because <laughs> I remember what I was making and it was horrible. Um, yeah, I mean, I remember that song. Uh, you, you heard it. We played it at the talent show like sophomore oh, year yeah, or whatever the one with sean and uh, true, todd true. and dean and all that like and that was our band with, like kim sanchez and <coughs> shit like that and justin yeah, 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 yeah. and uh, uh mike that wasn't mike. bad you, if you remember i had that band with joel pony slay station i remember that that yeah. was pretty fucking bad <laughs> yeah we didn't write with justin and kim we we're just doing like covers but that's so true, that's, that's true. less embarrassing true, true. <laughs> <laughs> if you don't try to write your own shit um well, you've been doing that recently not to yeah, no, that's fine. We yeah, can, and we can, we can talk about them multiple things. Go back and forth. Uh, might be I, more interesting that way. I I've been trying to as well, so. Yeah, yeah, fair, fair. Uh, yeah, I've been working on a black metal album because that, that's just what you do when you can't find a drummer. <laughs> you go online, program your drums, and voila, you are a one-man black metal band. Uh, program your drums. It's 2018. <laughs> we should do an episode about that, actually. I'm uh, curious, too, because I, I also, well, that's why I got a drum kit because I don't like programmed drums Mm -hmm. it was just one of those things where i was like am i really gonna learn drums probably (laughs) not (laughs) yeah i don't know how i feel about them honestly like i said we should we should talk about it because i don't know how i feel about it i I would i'd like to flesh that out uh but anyway yeah i've i've been writing under tentatively under the name of veiled pariah um (laughs) (laughs) i haven't i haven't settled on it but i kind of like that um kind of a thrashy like black metal thing so like very evil sounding very satanic um yeah, I- it's fun. Nice, it's nice. Fun. Yeah. Um, you, as you know, um, my uh, old roommate and I shout out Austin. You're probably gonna listen to this. I hope. You better, um, bitch. <laughs> Ow, harsh. I'll but know. yeah, we were we were <laughs> playing some songs. I had a couple, just you know, little acoustic, folky things I had written, and right. uh, I'm trying to keep up with that to see if anything goes. But you know, like we said, hobbyist. It's for fun more than anything. I'm not gonna be like fucking yeah. Ed Sheeran. Well, we have like <laughs> full time jobs and shit, so unfortunately, unfortunately, it would be cool to like go on tour or whatever. But you ever think about it, and it's like, man, that'd be so fucking inconvenient. Yeah, I don't think it would be cool. Like, I think it's glamorized. I don't think I it agree. would be cool. I agree. It, it'd be cool in some sense, right? Just playing a shitload of mm-hmm. your respective instruments. Oh well, sure, yeah. Playing if shows that in and of itself. But the touring life. The touring itself. I mean, fuck that. I know. I know some musicians. I mean, I'm sure you do. Yeah, yeah. That tour. Um, Lydia. Lydia, yeah. Love, Lydia Loveless. I'm going to plug her just because she's from Columbus and she's a great country singer. Um, she's getting recognition. I mean, she's been covered in Rolling Stone and stuff, but, you know, she's probably not mainstream enough <laughs> to get <laughs> so underground. Big radio, uh, unfortunately. But, yeah, no, she's she's great. And I know her personally. So, yeah, it just doesn't seem like a a fun life. But, you know, they do it for the uh, the art. She's a more talented musician than I am. Right. Well, that's exactly <coughs> what it is. I don't, I don't, I don't got time for that yeah, shit. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, okay, but did you have more notes? Um, let's see. Yeah, to get back to the album, I talked about the tempo changes, the clean intros, the drums in general. Oh yeah, I mentioned one of my favorite tracks was Cygnus Terminal, but then I also have uh, tracks six and seven, which, <coughs> if I can pronounce six right, I believe it's Teropticon. Teropticon. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. Silent P, like pterodactyl. Exactly. And then Psychotropia. Yes. Um, I didn't write down anything specific about those. I just like I really enjoyed if I like just like kind of the groove. That's very funny. Uh, or the riff on those. Those to me are my like definitive low point on the album. That's interesting. I don't know. Like I said, maybe I should have. I'll, I'll listen to it again, and maybe we can circle back on these uh, maybe, yeah. later if we want to. Maybe not spend a whole lot of time on it. Right, but right. I want to give this a second listen now. Um, we planned this last minute, so we only had a chance to get yeah, true, to true. get one in. I didn't write down anything specific that I liked about those songs. It was just I was listening to it, and I was just kind of noticed. I was, you know, they're I was like, huh, I like this. So when I just wrote down the track number yeah. to, to bring it up to They definitely have a bit more of a, like, defined groove. Okay, say, and maybe that was why I liked just, it. Oh, hey, we're doing blast beats now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, that's not to say I didn't like those, but right. for whatever reason, I just caught myself like, hey, this, this is cool. Well, I think for me it's partially that um, – the first three ta- tracks and the last three tracks are the biggest in terms of like the story of the album. Mm-hmm. So like those carry kind of emotional weight in a way too, like beyond just Psychotropia and uh, Teropticon, which are they they have story elements, but they're a little more like 
hey, here's what it's like living in this world now, which is cool. It's like a deviation like, from the main. A little bit, yeah, line. yeah. Okay. It's not like, gotcha. Hey, we're done being immortal, so we're gonna go kill ourselves. Are there liner notes I can read while I listen to it that tell me the story more? Like on like twenty one twelve, you if, know, if you, you if you read the <laughs> the, the twenty one twelve actually has little. Have you ever read the? Oh no, I haven't. Oh my god, you need. I, to. I've heard what the story is. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but it has the little paragraphs that oh, Neil Peart nice. wrote. It's like a, basically the short story of the song that you can read in between. Well, shit, I have the uh, vinyl here. Let me check, and we'll just yeah, just edit just stuff. just grab it. No, I mean I can fill time too. We'll just pretend that we're live. Uh, he's what? he's grabbing his uh his album. We co- both collect vinyl also if we weren't already big enough nerds. Um, so he's grabbing. He has this on vinyl. I'm quite sure it'll only have lyrics. Just the lyrics. Yeah. But, uh, the the story, though, is straightforward enough that you can get it just reading the lyrics. Yeah, I should also read the lyrics along with it. I didn't... Uh, it's, well, I, I neglected to do that on my first listen. Well, it's kind of a like commitment to do so, so I get that. Well, yeah, um, yeah. Like like I said, we planned this one at the last minute, right. but we should like d- devote more uh, to our listening yeah, in, yeah. in the future. I'm just, Like I said, I gotta think of a good one to give you. Oh, <laughs> I'm sure you will. I'm sure you will. Uh, we will see how I feel about it. Because I feel like you're more likely to like the stuff I send you than I am to like That's probably true, but I'm not gonna go... Like I decided, I'm not gonna be like mean to you. I'm not gonna make oh, you. Really? Si- I'm not gonna make you sit through something that like I know you're gonna dislike. I'm gonna give you something <laughs> that you're gonna be able to find. So you know what I mean? Like I was thinking of giving you something not that you dislike, <laughs> but, but that just that you was would harsher. We can try. We okay. You know what? we'll we'll do that one time. Okay. I'm, ju- I'm gonna give you like. Yeah, I won't tell. I'll give you something you're gonna hate, and you do the same thing. All right, good. But uh, well, because mm-hmm. I do have to. I feel like one thing I'll definitely be doing is giving you like subgenre essentials because mm-hmm. metal has yeah. fifty million subgenres. Well, like I just accidentally, I think YouTube just recommended the full album of uh, Acid Bath. Yeah, and Acid Bath's fucking yeah, sick. and I texted you immediately, and that's that's the conversation that started this like why we we're gonna record tonight because like right, two exactly. days ago I was like, hey man, have you heard Acid Bath? Which is like uh. <laughs> Basically, I described it as like death sludge. It's it's Louisiana sludge. <clears throat> yeah, uh, that's where sl- most sludge comes from. If I can just brief sidetrack, I had a question for you about okay. that. I was reading, yeah. I googled it, and I I kept seeing like southern rock, and like specifically, I saw that Leonard Skinner come up um, as a named influence to some of those. Yeah, and I totally buy that. I didn't understand that one as much. You know, I saw Sabbath and like things like right. that, and I I'm like, okay, yeah, makes total sense. And I saw Skinner, and I was like. I don't hear it so much. I, d- I didn't get that. It's definitely not as prominent mm-hmm. as Black Sabbath. R- sure, like, I mean, Sabbath is or pretty prevalent in everything. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, but it is there. Like, there's a little bit of that almost, like, dirtiness to it, mm-hmm. where, like, y- you almost want to say that it's just, like, it hasn't showered in a few weeks. <laughs> okay. And it's uh, it's a little fucked up. It doesn't, like, they don't brush their teeth or whatever. Gotcha. That that's <laughs> like the aesthetic of the sludge band. Like and uh, I, I think Skinner can like kind of like a grunge aesthetic. Uh, totally, totally. Um, yeah, that I, was I feel like Leonard Skinner can fill that a little bit. Okay, okay. Um, I think the last thing that I had written down, or maybe not written down, but I just remembered about it. Oh yeah, yeah. Track four, Mountains Above the Sun. It's like a minute and twenty two seconds. Yeah, For nice little interlude. For reference, no other songs on the album are under five. Right. Um, and they, almost all of them are like... fucking songs. Most of them are over seven. Uh, yeah. The longest is 13 and a half. But there was a nice little interlude. It was a little quieter. It reminded me of... Um, oh, forgive me. What's the track on Master of Reality? That's oh, like shit. quiet like that. I'm going to pull that up so that I... Don't go crazy. I have that sitting I'm over like, there. As, a, as you pull it up, I'm losing metal cred as I lo- <laughs> like, can't think of the name. Um. Well, there's Embryo is like the 30-second yeah, one, yeah. and then there's Orchid. Orchid's right before Into the Void, right? Uh, But right before Lord of This World. Lord of This World. Oh, that's right. And then Into the Void is the last that's track. That's right. That's but right. yeah, I have that sitting over there on vinyl, too. That's a great... But yeah, just great the little... Uh, the, the Kind of the slower, shorter interlude kind of reminded me of that. Like, it, it was like, whoa, there's this slow... Right. Well, and I think like it leads... What's the Metallica album that does that, too, at the beginning? It has like a slow... And you said uh, you... Several of them. Oh, okay. Master of Puppets. Okay, yeah. specifically. I, <laughs> when I first got that album... I skipped 
battery because they started with the clean guitars and i was like oh shit i must have gotten the wrong album like okay well maybe track two is this different. isn't metal this is quiet <laughs> right, right. <laughs> well I, hey i was like 12 I know, no, no, gotta no, give I'm, me a break okay. there yeah, sorry but anyway go but on. i i skipped to track two to like make sure i had the right one and we didn't need to go back to the store and then <laughs> i was hit with master of puppets and that's when it all started that's <laughs> when the satan came <laughs> Um, yeah, so I, I also really love the interlude. I think that it sets up uh, Ultimate Artificer, the next song, so well. Because that song comes in with those crazy drums. The bum 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 It's like that crazy hard rhythm. Uh, and then the like thrashiest thing you'll ever fucking hear in your life after that. So like the soft interlude to get into that, it actually Master of Puppets was like a perfect analogy because that's exactly what it does with battery. You start with this nice soft intro intro to like slowly draw you into it and then you're just smacked across the fucking face with thrash i just accidentally made a really perfect metal analogy so you I really did get some Good metal for you, cred man. for that one um <laughs> <laughs> um yeah so uh, did you have anything else or was that were that your uh, i think that's about all i had for my first listen through but overall i really liked it um yeah, like I like I said about to kind of circle back to just immediate thoughts. It's like okay, this is some thrash because we've got the like the kind of like for like people that don't listen to it's like Metallica is kind of that's what they you know. But then you know they did other things with it. It wasn't just thrash. Like I knew that it wouldn't just solidly. So I was like, okay, this is like progressive thrash, which and you said technical is the term you would use. I I would say progressive isn't wrong technical is like more correct i think so that's because they definitely have technically correct that's the best kind (laughs) pretty much yeah so because they have they do have some progressive elements but by and large a lot of the things that they're doing like the highlights of the song are frequently more laden in their just technical skill which is kind of like this is something that's not going to make sense to you but a band like necrophagist where nope yeah they're they're a (laughs) a tech death band technical death metal um, but it, it's not the kind of thing where the compositions themselves are particularly progressive. They're just doing some really crazy fucking shit during those compositions. Okay. Um, but they do have like some progressive tendencies too, for sure. All right. Yeah. So yeah, I think that was a, that was a really solid, uh, w- album to start on for this one of these okay. discussions. I mean, uh, I, like I'm I said, I, liked, I liked it, it a lot. Um, <laughs> Obviously, it's super important to you. You have the, for okay for reference. We talked about the tattoo. It's his whole goddamn forearm. It's my fucking forearm. Um, covered with the album cover of this album that we've been talking about. So, Terminal Redux. Yeah, Vector. Um, so we we should talk. I'm sure you have a whole slew of albums like that you're ready to give me for, uh, for these, right? Probably. probably yeah. Like I've I I'm not gonna <laughs> give them away. No, no, no. But I do have several. I'm going to, like I said, I'm not going to torture you too bad with, with yours. I'm going to make sure you can pull something out of it that you like. Like, you know, you did your uh, uh, your run through with, like, Beatles. You did all their studio yeah, albums, right? Yeah, that's true. Right? And, and I liked some of yeah, those. Yeah, for sure. Um, you, there was stuff you could pull out of those that you, you were into. Definitely. So um, what what do you want? Do you want something older? Because, I mean, I, I listen to plenty of old shit and new shit. Do you want something older? Do you want me to give you something modern that I like? That's do you have a, Do you have a preference or do you want me to just uh, just go wild card with it? Give me something that you would consider essential that you love. Okay. Like yeah, yeah. I was not, thinking not just like for you it's a really good album, but just like for this particular movement of music, hmm. it's also really huge. Ooh, okay. I'll uh I'll try to think about that. I feel like a lot of the things that I'm like super into you've probably already heard. Like I know you've listened to In the Airplane Over the Sea all the way. I, I have yeah, you? that's a good yeah, album. That's a that's I, one I of my all time and that's definitely genre defining for like indie and like right. lo fi. Um, so yeah, I know I have to exclude some of the ones that I know you've listened to, but yeah, I'll find something. All right. All right. Uh, do we have anything else for this one? I mean, how long have we, uh, we don't, again, like I said, we don't know what we're doing. So this is more of an experimental pilot. Uh, yeah. You can say it out loud. How long has it been? They know they're, if if they're listening, they're looking at their app. They can't know. If they're not looking at their app, they are now because I said it. All right. We've been going for roughly 32 
minutes. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Okay. It does. It seems like we've been talking a lot longer than that. We can do uh, the other topic that we had on the docket if you want to get into some of that. Yeah. Yeah. Or we've got. Wanna, we've got time. It's we've only been. I feel like yeah. enough that like yeah. we can move and yeah. move to other pastures. I don't know what the uh <clears throat> what's the time limit on a podcast cuz like Joe Rogan will go for like 3 hours but I feel like Jesus. that's the exception. That's kind of the exception. The one that I watch very bad wizards, that's my favorite and it's like an hour 45 normally but like yeah. frequently an hour. So we're only at 32. Let's keep going. We wanted to talk about um we had a whole just slew of like things that came to mind about what to talk about. One of the things I just kind of wanted to talk about cuz I figured there was a lot we could get into is just like the concert going experience yeah. today, um, just all the things that that entails. Um, I mean, the first thing you that I thought of just when you have to go to a concert, have to go to a concert. When you go to a <laughs> concert, you have to get tickets to it somehow. And unfortunately, like most of the time, that it means dealing with Ticketmaster, either Ticketmaster or a shittier, shitty site, like some yeah, some site that's basically like a knockoff of Ticketmaster, but but they're just worse. Well, <laughs> you know to. To defend that, because we'll just start. Th- this is perfect to just start yeah, th- start it. discussion. Uh, sometimes those have cheaper fees, so I'm That's not going to say Some they're worse. They're maybe worse as far as like a website and UI, but they're not worse as far as fees. In in my experience, they're like bad. Ticketfly or whatever yeah. that one is, I've I've used. Yeah, that's pretty okay. Uh, they're bad, I think, at like bigger shows. If there's like a bigger band and you aren't dealing with Ticketmaster, then it'll frequently suck. If it's a smaller venue that's just, like, posting the fucking thing, it's normally fine. Like a bar or whatever. Yeah, uh, definitely. Like, that's <clears throat> that's the problem with seeing any major label at any major venue because Live Nation owns, yeah, like, so many big venues. Um, well, that's why I've loved going to uh, Ace of Cups mm-hmm. and smaller. Uh, Space Bar recently. Yeah, Those smaller are shows. Venues. Smaller shows. Um, although I've heard that a lot of the Ticketmaster fees, I don't know the truth to this, I... Um, do your research. Uh, <laughs> a lot of those Ticketmaster fees that like are the seemingly bullshit ones are actually like hidden fees from like the band or the venue. Oh, and ticket and Ticketmaster is just kind of the fall guy. Um, I would believe that to be the case. Well, because That's it's a possible. way to it's a way to make the ticket price appear cheaper. Right, right. Uh, by hiding the fees and just being like, oh well, it's Ticketmaster. Sorry, guys. Exactly, and then that way the band doesn't have to be the bad guy. Right, right. Because you really don't want them to be the bad guy. Right. Um, but then, you know, I've also heard that, um, and I kind of, there, there's some merit to this. I don't know if it's a good idea, but the idea that like, if you just sold tickets at market value, like what they actually are right. worth, you wouldn't have the scalper problem. So like Taylor Swift comes, right? Yeah. And like the good seats for that are still going to be a couple hundred bucks, but people will pay, you know, 10 times that, or maybe not 10 times, yeah, you know, definitely. people will pay a lot more than whatever that face value is. And so that encourages scalpers. If the r- nationwide arena says like, all right, front row to Taylor Swift is, you know, 500 right. face value. They still sell it to people. People will still buy it, but it's not scalpers just jacking it way the fuck up. Yeah. They, now the counter to that is that you exclude a part of your market, but I would argue they're already excluding a lot of their market because of the way these scalp bots operate right totally how many times do you go to buy tickets to a concert and it's like oh well you're fucked go buy it elsewhere i mean luckily i'm not seeing taylor swift so no i'm, I'm not, not in competition for those tickets but yeah sometimes but that happens for like rock on the range so oh that's like for sure something show big that i'd consider going yeah to, i mean but. i've seen paul mccartney a couple times right like right. i had you know you had to get on those tickets uh things like that you know what's funny though is like the smaller venues and smaller places get away with like they they still do their small scale shady shit frequently for sure. Did I mean the con- music industry is exactly <laughs> it's so fucking shady. Uh, there was shady. one time though I'm not gonna put this bar on blast because like normally they're really cool. Okay, fair enough. I want to know in confidence after. Oh, I'll tell you for yeah. sure. <laughs> but there was one show that I went to. Um, it it was just a small local show on a fucking Sunday night, and it was for uh, uh, Noisem. If they're like an East Coast uh, thrashy death metal okay, band. Okay. Okay. Um, but the, when I went into the door, uh, the, they were advertising online, like $8 tickets at the door or something like that. And I go to pay and the guy says, oh yeah, it's $10. And I said, your, all of your advertisement says it's $8. You told me this story. Yeah. 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 And, and he's just like, oh, well it says $8 unless I say it's more, unless it's determined later. And he just points to a sign that says 
$8 unless otherwise specified. And he goes, yeah, I'm otherwise specifying. What a dick. <laughs> right. So I, I paid it because it was $2. But well, yeah, it's, still not, it's not worth getting in a fight with like a right, fucking right. shitty venue bouncer. Um, well, yeah, that leads me to like once you finally get to the show, um, I've talked to you about this before. I won't put them on a blast, but I'll just say that they own like most of the fucking venues in Columbus, and they're named after a goddamn apartment complex. Oh, that's one you can put on blast. Uh, well, okay. Anyway, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, their security at some of their venues is so ridiculous, um, and it's really a security theater. I mean, so long story short, I know the 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 one um, that has the indoor and outdoor downtown. Right. It uh, they you're not allowed to take a bag in there like that's bigger than like your hand. Yeah. Now. Uh, if, which like okay, every girl, your wife, my girlfriend, every girl we know, has every woman we know, <laughs> don't want to get into that has um, a bag bigger than that that they carry around all the time. Frequently. Like, yeah. Like they just this where they keep their shit. That's how it works. Right. Um, and then not to mention they like they like pat you down and like feel you up to get in there and it's like what are you looking yeah, for well like we went to the sleep concert which was amazing yeah but they um when we came in the guy like he he wasn't even trying that hard it wasn't effective exactly. in any way it's it's so security kind of like, theater he was like oh hey man i gotta i gotta patch you down and then he just like gave me some touches on the side right and it's like i'm sorry that i'm not cool with you like grabbing up me Right. Just so that people can, like, pretend that you can't smuggle. Like, I thought about, like, I could get anything I wanted in here. Pretty easily, Through yeah. this silly, like, and, you know, that's why I'm, if you make me walk through a metal detector, I'm okay with it. Right. Because that's totally reasonable. Like, they're trying to keep people from, like, taking a gun into the show. And that's yeah, a big exactly. liability. Like, I get that. I'm. You don't want Dimebag getting shot again. No, I am, <laughs> yeah. I am not against walking through a metal detector. Right. I'm not against, like. But because that me- actually does something. Yeah, useful safety measures. But, yeah. Just so like, <laughs> uh, I think I I actually said to a guy one time I was like, "Do you enjoy this as much as I do?" When he was <laughs> like, "Yeah, I don't think he thought it was funny, but I I got a laugh out of it." Uh, that's fun. I bet he did. He was just really <laughs> embarrassed that you called him out like that. Yeah, probably. But we're lu- we're pretty lucky um, here, Columbus, like we mentioned, for having good, uh, pretty good venues. I mean, of all so. of all sizes. Like we've got as uh, big things like nationwide and the shop, but we've also got good little bars like uh, you, you mentioned. Uh, Space Bar Space and, and bar. Uh, Ace of Cups. Yeah. Well, and the Anatheum for sleep. That Hell was fucking yeah. incredible. Dude, okay. It's like this big ass old building downtown yeah. with like a bunch of little uh, like theaters inside and it. Like we saw Sleep, which is like a crazy stoner metal, like Black Sabbath, but even like heavier and slower. Um, yeah. Black Sabbath on more drugs. Mm-hmm. Um and it was basically like in a school gymnasium type setting. Like we were sitting in bleachers, but it was in this like fucking Athenian. Yeah, like with like a palace. stage. Yeah, it was crazy. And they had a coat check. That was mm-hmm. the funniest thing. They, they had, had a coat, coat check, check for a metal show. Yeah, it was like in April. We didn't wear coats. But I would have loved to see all of the like really devoted guys with the patch jackets like turning those in down there. <laughs> and then so yeah, it was an indoor venue like we said, and I have never seen in my life. So much open smoking of cigarettes and other things oh, for inside sure. a show. Like they were as all lighting up. Started. Oh, they were all lighting up like the cigs and shit before the band they were, even they came were. on. I was like, this is insane. But as like, soon as sleep smoking, did, you just saw the cherry buds well, yes, everywhere. Smoking is not legal in any building in Ohio anymore. Right, right. Like, <laughs> and it hasn't been for a long time. But this venue didn't give a shit. Which is hilarious because it was so formal in every yeah, other respect. Yeah, it was like you were going to like a gala. Yeah, yeah. Gala, gala. Uh, one of those. Yeah. Either or. Probably. Data, data data. I hope One so. of those things. <laughs> but yeah, and then every single person in there is like a fucking like metal head or some great haircuts and tattoos at this oh, place, Oh, they were man. phenomenal, phenomenal. Yeah, and everybody's lighting up anything, vapes, cigarettes, joints. That's one of the things I appreciate at Bulls. any metal show is just people watching because you get such a huge variety. The other day, Teets and I went to a show, and there was, like, this mom and daughter metal combination. They were, like, there together. Nice, nice. And you, we were joking about it. We were like, oh, they're, she's so supportive. Like, she converted to Satanism for her family just <laughs> because her daughter <laughs> was into it. People watching at concerts is great. Yeah, that's it's the thing. So once, fun. once you're there, especially depending on the kind of show. Um, I saw Willie Nelson once. That was great. Oh, that would be good. It was great. It was the whitest show I've ever seen. But you'd be surprised at how many people had the braids. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm growing my hair out. It's like 
basically shoulders now. Are but you we'll, gonna breed um, it too? I was gonna say if I get, I'm can keep it going. If I can get it long enough to get willy braids, I'm totally gonna nice. do that because that's sweet. I don't care what anybody says. You don't could probably me. braid the back of it a little <laughs> no, bit. No, yeah, now. I could now, but I want to get like the two. Sure, sure, sure. Um, yeah, people watching is great. Um, okay, here's one. How do you feel about the cell phone thing at shows? I wanted to talk about that. Uh, like using them in general. Yeah, just uh, okay. cell phones at shows. Like, what's your take? I don't have a problem with people using them in the middle of a show. I'll like, I'll give them a little bit of a side eye just to be like, oh, I wonder what that person's doing on their mm-hmm, phone. Mm-hmm. But as long as they're not disrupting other people, like, I don't care about you using yeah, your phone. Yeah, like, I think there's a way to do it. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I take a picture or two. Oh, yeah, I'll take um, a few pictures. I'm not gratuitous about it. Right. Um, I, the gr- I, There are people. Yeah. in Now, I think it's one of those things, though. I see people complain about it way more than I've seen it Agreed. actually be an issue for somebody. And like, I go to a decent yeah. amount of concerts. The worst I've gotten typically is just like someone has their brightness too high and it's kind of like, a, a, it's just a little bit of a buzzkill. Yeah, like, or they're just like, they have it out for like an entire song. Yeah, it's yeah. like, take your, take your picture, take your 30 second Snapchat, whatever. Yeah. And then put it but away. But aside from that, it's normally fine. Yeah, I, I'm I'm in the same boat as you. Like, I definitely see why it bothers people. But it's just kind of one of those things, like, let other people do what other people do. And, like, step to the side if you have to. Right. Um, I, I definitely don't agree. I, we talked about this, and I got some <laughs> flack for posting it on Facebook about <laughs> it when uh, Jack White does the, uh, you know, put your cell phone in this bag thing. God, I hate that. Uh, yeah, I'm not a fan of that because I think, well, for one, it just it do, you don't trust your audience to, like, make choices you know what i mean if you yeah. want if you encourage your audience like uh the the example i gave uh, i saw neutral milk hotel which right. we touched on they said you know please don't take your phone out during the show and yeah, take pictures totally like no reasonable. no pictures no videos like we don't want to do that right. that's gonna fuck up our performance which is what jack white is saying and i i agree with him right as so far as that um and nobody did at that show i don't think i saw a phone like people people were cool uh but like you know when you tell people like oh you got to put it in a bag uh that's that's right. taking well, away that choice, you know what I mean? You're well, taking away really, the option for them to be cool. It really makes a difference for the artist to say, I don't want it. Like, they they just think, oh, well, people are going to do it anyway. But really, no one wants to be the guy to, like, piss off their favorite artist. It's, it's the difference between, I don't want this, and you can't have this. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean? And uh, so, yeah, I think that's... Well, and it does can create a valid safety concern like we had talked about that yeah like yeah if now a y- you can you can walk out or you can walk out um and to like the lobby or whatever and get it unlocked sure. so yeah, th- th- yeah but i think there's definitely fringe cases where it, it could be bad it could matter or whatever uh, and so i've uh, it's also used for stand-up comedy uh dave Chappelle. I've heard that, and it. I Joe honestly, Rogan uses it. it makes more sense to me for stand-up comedy. I think it's a little different, too, because, number one, uh, a phone in a stand-up show where it's one person up on a stage talking is way more distracting it is. Uh, than it a totally phone at a, at a loud concert. Right. Um, and f- some people feel this way. I'm not a person. Uh, that's an interesting question related to concerts that I'll get to. Some people don't like set lists spoiled. Um Com- stand-up comedy like it's a lot more uh, susceptible it to spoiling a, yeah. uh, a punchline how do you feel about uh like knowing uh what the band is going to play before you go are you a set list like uh purist you don't want to know or do you care i've never sought one out but i've also never okay. cared if someone told me oh hey i heard they play whatever gotcha yeah yeah i've seen both people i seek them out sometimes um when when i won those smashing pumpkins tickets right right uh, i took richard shout out richard ty um, whatever you're going, <laughs> whatever by. they're calling you. Shout these out days. Nine Wine Wine podcast with Keely and Ty, available on Apple, Google, wherever podcasts are streamed. Members of the Columbus casting community. Yeah, uh, Ty, that's Some what that's what Chris you. is going to call our podcast network that you have proposed. So there it is. That this is how we're going to tell you because you're going to listen <laughs> to this whole. You're you're still in. We now communicate strictly by podcast. So listen up. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Richard and I went to Smashing Pumpkins. That's what I was getting with, because uh, I won tickets, and that was cool. That was the first time I ever won concert tickets or anything on the radio. Have yeah. you ever won any of that sort of shit? No, I got to throw the first pitch at a Clippers game. Okay, so that was that's pretty something. cool. But yeah, I looked up their set list because it was like you know the reunion tour or whatever. Right. I wanted to see what they were playing. They were playing most of the hits, so I was like, all right, I'm, it's free. I'm gonna go. They were pretty good. I was. I could see them. It was a good a show. It I, was, I wouldn't have gone, right. but the fact that I got to go for free. I don't think that there would be enough for me at a Smashing Pumpkins show. Like, 
Well, they, play, they played for three hours, man. No, it was I a can, crazy. I get yeah. so bored. We stayed for ninety percent because th- that's the other reason I looked. Oh, you it up. left early. Well, we left like with a few songs to go because okay. I knew that like they once they played "Bullet with Butterfly Wings," there were only like two or three yeah. songs left, and I didn't really care about the. Le- I'd heard everything I wanted to. Well, so. for the last few songs, they're playing like their ultra hits. And uh, not actually, actually, really? no. Like the bu- "Bullet with Butterfly" was the last like. Big. They played all the other big ones. Oh, that's ones. surprising. Like, if I pull up there, um, we're talking about the specific concert, not just concerts, but whatever. That's fine. If I pull up there, uh, I like to like just pull up the top songs from an artist on um, right. Google or whatever. So their top five are 1979, Today, Bullet with Butterfly Wings, Tonight, Tonight, and Disarm. And they had played all of those before we They're left. Already, so. Okay. And then there's a couple other like deeper tracks that I like that, but they were they were gone. Today they done is them. a song I really hate. Yeah, you mentioned that. That I, that's funny. That song fucks. I me. like that one. It's not like my favorite song or anything, but I like it. Well, I think there was a point in time where 99.7 The Blitz was <laughs> playing that like all the fucking time. Okay. Just ruined I it for me. I can see that. I don't really. Sometimes I don't understand what their genre is, like what they're going for. They they gear all over the place. They play they really are Purple Haze the other day. Oh really? Yeah, that's I was cool. like, I mean, that's a great song. It but is. Does that fit with their uh, kind of? Mm-hmm. I mean, they're basically just like, could you call them like alt rock? Is I, that fair? Uh, I suppose. But um, but they do like the um, the everlasting gaze. That song is like heavy in a weird way. Like they get a little heavy, but that song mm-hmm. in particular, just like out of nowhere, they're tuned tuned down two steps and like playing out of a fucking crazy ass amp and it's like what uh, yeah i mean no okay. yeah they definitely get heavy um but yeah how do I, oh set lists yeah um yeah where are you on that oh yeah like I, i'll look them up i'm not i don't really care about like spoilers usually now um it's, i've never really considered it encore or no encore oh yeah that's fun uh always encore really? i feel like there has to be an encore i'm disappointed i've i think i've been to like one show where there wasn't and off the top of my head, I can't think of who it was, but it was really strange because, like, almost every show I've seen has an encore. In metal, I- especially in extreme metal and, like, underground bands, not the case. It's really? really frequently the case that they just play their set and they're done. Why? So I think a lot of it just comes from the culture of where these bands are coming from and what kind of shows they're used to playing. These are guys who are used to playing bars and, like, small shows to small venues where it's, like, not so common Yeah, maybe, to maybe you don't have – well, yeah, you probably don't have an encore when you're just, like, the bar. Yeah, like, band. local bands, they really don't play you're right. encores. I guess I was thinking mostly of, like, big shows. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, yeah. But I also but feel that, like that's interesting. there's, like, this attitude of, like, that wasn't good enough. Like, <laughs> we're, we're going to give you what you want. The first time we're gonna give you all of it. I just think it's and that's what we're doing. It's theater. Yeah. Like they were never not gonna come back out. You know what I mean? Like I mean, it's if the crowd doesn't ask for it, do you still come back out? <laughs> <laughs> I guess if you were really bad, but like if you're a big act and your people pay decent money to yeah, see then you, you're and you don't out. just fucking eat a dick on the stage, <laughs> then like people are gonna be cheering at the end, and like it's always so it's the I'd theater. I'd want two encores. <laughs> if it's uh, it's theater, you know. They play their set, they go off the stage, everybody cheers, and it's like, oh man, nah, dude, they haven't played, you know, back in black they yet. It. They, they have haven't played. Play yeah, song. they'll they'll yeah. come back, and then they do, and um, yeah, it was great. Like um, festivals. You been to any festivals? I haven't. It's okay because I kind of like. It, it's just this part of me that knows I would hate being at a festival all day just because of the like. Sometimes it kind of it kind of blows. There's uh, just a little so bit. much. And, and, like, with a concert, I usually want to go for a few hours, like, get my fill. I, I really want to mm-hmm. get a lot, but then I want to go home and, like, cuddle with my dogs. I can I can see that point of view. I haven't been to any of, like, the major, like, right. Bonnaroo or, like, you're stuck Coachella there for three days. And, oh, Coachella's a fashion festival more <laughs> than some music festival. I know. Did you, did you see Sleep Turned Down yeah, Coachella to play one of those little, uh, I, d- I can't remember. Maybe it was not little, but it was a, it was it, a smaller metal a smaller festival. Uh, festival. Yeah. I can't see Sleep playing it. No, absolutely Fucking not. Coachella. Fuck that. <laughs> it, it's so awesome of them. Well, and part of the reason they said was like, A, we just feel like there would be more of our actual fans at this Right, s- like show. no one's going to Coachella to see Sleep. No. Although, well, if if Coachella was, like, local and I knew Sleep was playing, <laughs> I would probably uh, consider it. They th- I think they're coming to Pittsburgh. Oh, are they? Yeah, in, like, next month or something. I can't I might remember. have to think about Look that. it up. Look it up. 
because that show was crazy. Yeah, they were amazing. I wish I had earplugs for that. Yeah, I'm glad it was I so had loud. Them. That I, was so yeah, much. Next time. Um, well, that's specifically what I got earplugs for at concerts. That makes sense. I should have doom metal because <laughs> it is just in, it, the point of it is to be as loud as possible mm-hmm. to some extent. Yeah. Um, but yeah, w- we went to a festival up in Cleveland a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah, yeah. That was that was solid. It was just two days. Um, it was pretty hot, so I mean that kind of sucked, but. Uh, it was good. Like there were a lot of good bands. They had two stages, and uh, none of the sets overlapped, so you oh, could just cool, walk cool. back and forth, and you but you didn't have to miss set up and tear down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice. You didn't have to miss anything because sometimes if there's like three stages, or if it's a really big festival, you have to pick between like okay, these two bands are playing at the same time. Who do right. we want to go see? Play favorites. But and uh, shit. we didn't have to do that. Um, let's see who was there that was really good. Uh, we went because the Avid Brothers played. Okay, uh, that's like I'm one not of our favorite. At some point, I might. I'm not gonna throw <laughs> you into that right now, because um, it's a little further outside of your tastes. Uh, but, but you'll throw that at me. I'll throw that at you eventually. They're um, the the joking way that I describe them to people that don't know them is that they're like Mumford and Sons, but good, <laughs> because they have like the folky like yeah. elements. There's a banjo and that sort of thing, but it's not like the they, same song every single exactly, time. Exactly, they write <laughs> different songs. What um, can you do that? <laughs> but understand. they're very um, they're very genre um, crossing. Okay, like they're cool, not cool. specifically in country, folk, pop, rock. Like they pull from everything. I dig that. Um, they kind of have some Beatles esque influence on, on mm. in places. Like there would be things you could appreciate in in their in their albums. But yeah, we saw them. They were awesome as usual. That's what made me think about festivals is because of encores. And they did an encore, and we were trying to like we we I accurately predicted what song they would close with though. Um, I saw another sweet band there called Bahamas. I have not heard of them either. Uh, they're really chill, kind of like kind of a Mac DeMarco E vibe. Like they don't really sound like Mac DeMarco, but it's it's in that vein. I feel like there's Mac DeMarco is almost going to start a subgenre himself. Well, I, I mean, feel he, like that's happening. He's kind of the poster child of indie right now. Right. Right. Um yeah, Mac DeMarco is one of my favorites. I met him. Uh I got to do a, like a pre-show meet and greet a couple of years back. Uh, Jimmy was there. Yeah, yeah. And Jimmy met us at this sh- uh, festival. Did he tell you? Oh no, he didn't. Me- well, he might have mentioned it. Yeah, uh, the second night. So he saw Avid Brothers with us. Nice. Uh, he and his friend got like uh, somehow his friend got free tickets to this at work. Uh, so they just met us. Jimmy is very good at just so connected the right people. Shout for out the Jimmy. Right thing. We yeah, shout Jimmy. out most people coming back to now. Columbus. Yeah, he's moving back. That's good. Maybe go to some shows with us, play some music with us. Yeah. He's like uh, somehow like a good percussionist for despite, no particular reason, despite not ever actually <laughs> having played any percussion instruments. Just if happens we just to be a drummer. We sat him. Okay, so Austin Teets, whatever we want to call him, because we've referred to him as both in this podcast. Oh, I call him Teets. Yeah, Always I know. Teats. I was trying to be cool to him, uh, <laughs> and uh, he built a cajon, super uh, handy technical dude, uh, bass player working on keyboards and shit now but anyway he built a cajon which is one of those little boxes you sit on and drum and uh, we were all jamming at our, our place like we tended to and we jimmy was there so we we're like hey man do you want to like try to play some cajon on this and he's like oh, okay and like we <laughs> thought like we we'd done that with several people by you that you can point. normally just teach like a really simple beat yeah and it's not hard to just have somebody sit much. there and kind of do 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 and like that's all you really need so we didn't expect anything more than that and this dude is putting in like fills and like yeah. he was really good, and we're like, "Do you know how to play something?" And he's, he's like, "No, no not really." Yeah, yeah. I think so. he did like some snare drum for like band in middle school or something. Oh, did he? I didn't know that. Not like a lot, but like I know he didn't play in high school. No, no, he he didn't play enough to be as good as he is. <laughs> that was my um, headphone hitting my microphone. I can see you on the asshole. it made a it made I'll a see. I don't form. know if there is a way to edit that. Yeah, it doesn't, sure it doesn't matter. It'll be funnier if you leave it in now that I've referenced it. That's true, <clears throat> but the poor people's ears. But yeah, when he comes back, we should uh, like try to jam with him. And play yeah, some, absolutely. Play some, play something. Play some something. I left. <clears throat> I'm so mad. I left my acoustic guitar at my parents' house, and it's just like been there because I keep forgetting to go. I was gonna say they live really close to here, but it's late. That's true. <clears throat> I could drop in, but anyway. Um, we were talking about festivals. We talked about Ticketmaster. We talked about the security, people watching cell phones. I'm trying, I'm trying to think if a, there's more yeah, to the what concert about concerts, experience. Man. What else? Encores, you said. Um, set lists. Oh, one of the things I had written down. I should check my own. I made notes for some of this stuff, and I'm not even looking at it. Uh, I didn't make notes because I'm a fucking amateur. Yeah, that's okay. I We're all amateurs. One of the things I had on here... Um, 
is about recreating the album sound faithfully in a live setting. Oh, versus like improvising and changing it? Mm, well, yeah, I guess that's not, I was thinking like how a band does that if they try to emulate it perfectly or if they accept the limitations of live oh, performance. Okay, but, but I like what you're talking about too. We'll okay. get to that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so like, okay, um, I mentioned Steely Dan is one of my favorite bands. For yeah. a long time, they didn't perform live because they basically said, we're too perfectionist about our sound. It to just the shit out of them. It's not going it to right. sound like this when we do it live. And if we can't sound it, like, and they basically said, if, if you do, are not hearing what you hear when you play the record at home, we don't want to do it because that's not what you want. And that's not what we want to oh. give. And that's not, well, uh, that sounds pretentious the way that I put it, but they're basically saying like, we want to be able to give you, that's yeah. a better way to phrase it. Okay. okay. We want to be able to give you the album, you yeah. know? And if we can't do that, we don't want to tour. Uh, so we're going to be a studio band and get perfect studio sound. That's the same approach the Beatles took uh, in the later end of their career. They had they were kind of fed up with touring for a lot of reasons, but they wanted to do more studio experimentation and That's stuff that, that was hard to recreate live until the, like, the last album, they let it be. They did more like roots rock stuff. But anyway, um, you know, Rush, uh, they, they do some like Getty Old Trigger, some foot samples right. for the synth and stuff so that they can do what they sound like on the album without getting extra musicians. And that's pretty common. That like a lot of bands use uh, various MIDI connections and shit mm-hmm. to like plug in whatever synth trigger a sample earlier or, or whatever. Yeah. 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 And um, I think that's cool. That's, I guess that's just a byproduct of technology where you can do that now. And right. back in the day that was much harder to do. Yeah. Um, in general though, as far as that goes, so to start, I usually prefer bands where that would never be an issue. Like I, you enjoy the live improv. Not not only that, but I like a band that like they play and record what they can actually do live, and I like an album okay. to almost be an extension of that, like a jam session in a certain sense. I see more, um, but just like more tighter. things that can be recorded live. Yeah, yeah. Like if there are four four people in the band, I want them doing generally what those four people would be doing at one time except for like you know adding a backing track to the guitar adding another rhythm track small stuff like that i see i see um that being said though i i don't have a problem with bands totally being faithful to recreating the album i think that can work for a lot of things like i feel like for say terminal or for vector like if they were doing a 10 year anniversary of terminal redux i would really want them to add in all those small nuances that like really elevate the tracks uh, that aren't necessarily easy to bring on tour. Um, and like Protest the Hero, one of my other favorite bands, they did that for their um, for their anniversary tour for Fortress, which was like a huge album for like the progressive metalcore thing they do. Mm-hmm. Um, and they brought with them like enough, um, enough various things, like enough uh, things that they could plug into their computer that they were able to totally recreate the album start to finish live. Okay. Um, and it wasn't a ton, but they did like put in that effort to do it. And I think that makes a ton of sense if you're doing an album specific tour, it's like for that thing. Yeah. That's a good point. That's becoming more popular. Exactly. That's like, that's for reunion can... tours yeah, or right. uh, anniversary tours. Um, when you saw rush with me, was that the time that they did? Um, um, I'm oh, going to tell you straight up that I won't <laughs> remember. Okay, that's fine. Uh, but the, one of the times, because I saw them five times, right? and one of the times they did moving pictures yeah, start to finish. So and I, did they bring in all of those extra elements or just I forget mean, it? Uh, I mean, for the most part, I can't remember now either because it's, it's been a long time and I've seen them a bunch of times. But, right. I mean, they're really good at recreating the album sound. So, But that said, the, the flip side of that is improv and kind of yeah, thinking like outside were, the box, like you doing I was different asking. things. And I think that is also like a different form of an essential like experience to have at a show. Having a band just kind of go crazy, just do whatever the hell they want for like 10 minutes, 20 minutes or whatever in Mm -hmm. the middle of like a song. And then finally coming back to it like sleep did that. You know, they had a little bit of a session where they were just going fucking crazy. Uh, Yeah. yeah. And Monolord did that, too. It was fucking sick. Their uh, guitarist and bass player came down into the pit because it was such a small show, and they were just kind of standing surrounded by people headbanging around them while they were like soloing and going crazy. Nice. Uh, Monolord came up on my Google Play the other day because I was listening to Stoner Metal Radio. Yeah. So, yeah. Monolord's amazing. Nice. Um, 
have we have we solved it have we solved music (laughs) (laughs) i don't know man I don't know. Oh yeah, the other the only other thing that I had that I thought of as an example when we were talking about like recreating the live album or the yeah. the album. Um I saw Saint Vincent who I've played for you before. She's the mm-hmm. guitar player, like kind of electro pop guitar yeah, yeah. Uh, riff stuff. She her whole show was just her with her guitar and backing tracks. Yes. His vocals, that's cool. backing and then her playing all the leads. Um it I was a really it. it was a really interesting experience. I mean everything was synced to like she had a cool light show and visuals. And well and what is cool about that is that the band has to be precise to do it. Mm-hmm. They have to be playing exactly on time and exactly in sync. If there's like one person or more than one person, whoever, mm-hmm. they would have to time it up and time up all of the lights and things like that. So yeah. that that whole uh, that whole like amalgamation of all this shit that they're bringing together is really cool because it, it it is more of like an actual stage performance than I think a lot of people think. Like you have to put more effort into the timing and um, yeah yeah you have to be right you can't there's no room for improv yeah 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 you to, know. for some things like that yeah 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 well it was we probably done it for the, for I, the I'm first satisfied one. with we, yeah the length of mm-hmm. my. We, we covered a lot of ground here, so <laughs> yeah, w- we want to do this again. Um, hey, uh, Alex, how can how can the people of Columbus or the world, because we now have the internet, how can they find you? Can they find me? Like, do you want to plug your socials or whatever? Because that's uh, the thing that we do, Pete. Man, we're like I millennials. Don't know. We'll see how that goes. I'm not trying to get a bunch of random. Well, assuming we're gonna get random people to listen to this, I'm not trying to get a bunch of random people to follow me on Instagram or anything like that. <laughs> I'm not that vain. Um, we'll see if this even. Gets I might be a little bit that vain. We'll I haven't see if we even yet. post this one to anything. Like uh, that's also true. We might not. We might have to redo it like with more professional. We'll see. We'll, we'll see. have to listen to this and we'll edit it. We'll at least part send of this. the fun is the uh, you know. The unprofessionalism to start. Well, no, I agree. I like that. Wet. I like that. I just we'll have to see how this sounds and everything. Yeah, see how we'll it sounds. We'll, see how we'll it at least send it to our friends. So if you made it this far, congratulations. Um, we'll do this again. I gotta think of an album to give you for the next time. Please We've do. got a whole backlog of topics. Um, you guys that do hear this, feel free to suggest topics. Uh, friends of ours, we want to have guests. I already told Richard. Uh, that he could come on. I could see Dan wanting to do something mm-hmm. like this yeah. too. Yeah, uh, Jimmy. Anybody, anybody yeah, that Jimmy wants, too. anybody that has something about music that they really want to talk about, bring. Come on. So Aaron Roger would be an interesting man to talk to for oh an my hour. God, about can music. we bring Aaron? Uh, Aaron. <laughs> Aaron Roger. You're one of the <laughs> only people that hasn't gotten a shout out on this so far. Um, come on our podcast and talk to us about music because I don't understand your taste. No one understands your taste. All right. Um, All right. With that, this has been Invisible Airwaves. I'm Alex. I'm Chris. We're crackling with light. <laughs> <laughs> Let's not make that. The I'm outro, not. I'm not. I just had to once. <laughs>